want to introduce myself tonight. I'm Pastor Will. I'm the student ministries pastor. I'm guessing I know we have a lot of you here tonight and some online. And I'm sure there's a chance that there's somebody online that doesn't know me. And I'm judging by your foreheads tonight that there's somebody here that doesn't know me. Uh, somebody that maybe I've seen without a mask on a long time ago. And we are so grateful that you are here, that you are present, and just so thankful that we get to celebrate Christmas together and just what the season means for us. And I'm just going to pray real quick as we get into the Word. Father God, thank you so much for all that you are. Thank you for your love. Thank you for sending your Son, Jesus. Um, Sometimes it's so easy to get so caught up in everything that we do that we forget just how precious this moment is, this memory, this thing that we cling to, and just what it meant for us, the coming of hope. And I know that there are a lot of us, Father God, that go through seasons that are just tough. And I know that for some people here today, this is the first Christmas without somebody special. And Lord, we just ask that you would minister to us tonight, that you would remind us of the great hope that was found in a child, God, divine Emmanuel, God with us. We look to you tonight, Father God. We love you. We praise you in your holy name. Amen. So I was a student at Mid-America Christian University just down the street. And while I was a student there, I used to go to the library a lot, right? Um, unfortunately, I was not going to study. Uh, there happened to be this uh, really beautiful girl that worked in the library. Her name was Stephanie, uh, who, is, who is now my wife. So praise the Lord, it worked out. I, I, somehow I convinced her that I'm, that I'm an okay guy. Uh, praise the Lord, she's, she's still confused, I guess. Uh, I'm so thankful for her. But I went to the library a lot because, one, I had affection for her right? And two, what I wanted to be close to her. When you have somebody in your life that you really care about, somebody that you really love, you want to spend time with them. You want to be close to them. And I think that that's what's so special about this story. This is kind of the culmination of God's character coming to be because throughout history, throughout time, God has always been pursuing humanity. He created this place for us to live, the Garden of Eden, and that was where we could be with him together, walk with him, be present with him. And then, you know, we made a bad choice and and things kind of got hectic, but throughout the Bible, you see God working so hard to be with us, whether it's the Ark of the Covenant or the temple or, or everything he's doing, and it all comes down to what? This, this child, this baby that came to us. Tonight, I want to read a little bit of the Christmas story just because I, I love it so much. And, and it's going to be the text for just a couple of thoughts that I want to give you tonight. But I'm going to read in Luke 2, 1 through 14. And if you're like me uh, and you grew up in a Christian household, this is not a story that's not familiar. And sometimes I just loved uh, grabbing the Bible with my family and reading this story. And so hopefully this will bless you tonight. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was in the house and lineage of David 
to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, there came a time for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not for behold, I bring you what good news of great joy that will be for who? All people. For unto you was born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you that you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. Sometimes I think we read some of the biblical stories and We've heard them so many times. Sometimes we don't always think about the details of how something happened. But I just want you to imagine with me. Now, obviously, when we make a journey nowadays, it's not always that difficult. We have cars and whatnot. Uh, back here in Bible times, there was dirt roads and donkeys. Uh, so the journey was not easy. Now, if you try to make a long journey with a pregnant wife, sometimes it can be frustrating. Because what does a pregnant wife have to do every 10 minutes? They have to use the bathroom. So I don't know how many times Joseph had to pull the donkey over and let Mary go, but I, I think that there's a reason why there was no room in the inn. I think Mary and Joseph were probably the last people to arrive in Bethlehem, right? It was probably a long, hard journey. I, I have so much respect for Mary, uh, not just everything that she went through, but I mean, I'm sure she, she didn't just ride the donkey the whole time. She was walking. She's doing a little bit of both. Man, I, I've never been pregnant and I don't plan on becoming pregnant, but can I just say that I, can, I just can't even imagine making that journey nine months pregnant and just how difficult uh, that would have been. And then to get there and then, you know, remember that hotel room we were supposed to get? Yeah, that's not going to work out for us tonight. Like, I don't know if Joseph had to break that news to, to Mary or, you know, if Joseph was just angry and I'm sure that Mary was happy, but I can't imagine that, that Mary was sitting there sometimes and said, you know what, I really wanted to give birth into a barn tonight. That's really what I was looking forward to. Uh, but I, I think that all of this matters. The circumstances of Jesus' birth didn't just happen by mistake. They didn't just happen to be in a manger because the end was full. I believe that all of this was the plan of God. And I was reading the story, and this really stuck out to me, that there is Jesus in this barn lying in a food trough. And I'm wondering to myself, did that make it just a little bit easier for the shepherds to come? You know, we read in that story where the angel shows up, and they say, go, follow the star, and you will find your Savior in a manger. Because he was in a manger, did that make it easier did it make the, the, the shepherds feel maybe a little bit more comfortable to come? You know, with this story, would it have been different if the angel said, go and, and find this baby wrapped in fine linen in the palace? And the shepherds would have been like, oh, that's great for him. Like, uh, 
I'm dirty. I smell like sheep. I can't walk into a palace. And I think this was all intentional. Have you ever felt that way? Maybe like the shepherd did. Maybe you don't smell like sheep, but maybe it's deeper than that. Have you ever just felt maybe dirty, broken, maybe ashamed at some decisions you made? Maybe there's been times in your life where you've felt worthless. Maybe you've gone through situations where you felt hopeless. Maybe you've just felt that kind of what maybe the shepherds felt, this this unworthy to be or go to a palace. But that's not where Jesus was. And I think I fight these words almost daily sometimes, these, these feelings of worthlessness. And, and sometimes we just don't feel great. Sometimes we don't feel like we deserve baby Jesus. I did some time uh, working at a church in Pennsylvania. And when I was there, I had to do quite a bit of hospital visitation. And most of the time I, I tried to wear a full suit and tie, uh, but I didn't always get that chance. Uh, sometimes I was in a bit of a hurry, but I, I don't know if you guys have spent a lot of time in the hospital, but if you ever have to see somebody in an ICU unit, usually you got to get permission to get in there. And so there'd be times where I'd go, but I'd be in a full suit, you know, and, and I'd walk in and, and they just thought that I was supposed to be there because I looked nice. I don't know if I looked intelligent or I, I, I don't know what it was, but I remember one time I was in a hurry and I got to the ICU unit and I was just in like some sweatpants and a sweatshirt and they're like, uh, sir, you're not allowed in here. And I'm like, listen, I'm, I'm just a pastor trying to get here to pray for somebody. But that, that's what we do. Sometimes we get this idea in our head, maybe sometimes even about our life, where it's like, well, I'm not good enough, or I'm not clean enough, or I don't look well enough. I mean, how many times or, or how many of you have had that experience where you showed up to a party or showed up to a restaurant and everybody's dressed just a little bit nicer than you are? And you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm supposed to, to be here. But I, I think that that's what is so special about this scene, so special about this manger and, and what it means to us. Because I, I think what it is, is God saying that whatever you look like, whether or not you think you're supposed to be here, come. It doesn't matter how you look or how, how you feel or, or what you've done in your life. I'm inviting you to come witness the birth of my son. Like God, God is, it's a way of saying, I want you to be close to me no matter how dirty you are, no matter what's going on in your life. And maybe at some point in the chaos of this year, in the chaos of 2020, maybe we've forgotten that truth. The truth that the birth of Jesus Christ was the birth of grace. Like it's not about whether or not we deserve Jesus. He gave himself to us as a gift. And unlike Santa, Jesus doesn't care whether or not we're on the naughty list. Jesus isn't going to give you coal. He's going to give you himself, his life. And he doesn't demand that you get cleaned up before you see him. Instead, he sent himself into this dirty barn to find us so that he might show us the way by his love. Because he wanted us to, no matter what our life was like, no matter how we felt, he wanted us to feel comfortable. He wanted us to, to have this pathway to find him, to be near him. No matter how good or bad you are, it's not about you. It's about God and about how amazing his love is for us. Christmas is God's statement to say, guess what? I'm here and I want you to come, come to me. Regardless of who you are in your past, 
We read that scripture. It said all people, not some people, not the good people, but this is good news. This is great joy. For who? For all people. So in our house, we, we made this decision to get new floors. So we got rid of most of our carpeting, right? And so we have a dog. His name's Hezekiah, named after my favorite king, but we call him Hezzy for short, right? And I, I love this dog. And sometimes I'm battling this decision between whether or not I think he's too smart or just dumb. Like if he's smart enough to know what he's doing and he's just, he knows that he's making me angry. Uh, but I felt bad for Hezzy because we went from a lot of carpet to, you know, vinyl floors. So there's not a lot of comfy places for him. So I was like, you know what, Hezzy, I'm going to go get you a dog bed. So I don't know if you guys have ever been shopping for a dog bed. Can, can we just get honest for a second? Why are they that expensive? It's some, it's some fabric loaded with some stuffing. Like for real? Like I'm talking like $30 was the cheapest I can find. And if you got a big dog, woo you're in for it. Because then you're looking at like six. I mean, these things are ridiculous. So I spend the money and I'm not even happy that I spent this money, right? So I, I get this dog bed and the dadgum dog won't get in it. And I just, I, I'm telling you, he, it's like he does this on purpose. He knows that he's making me mad, right? Because it's not like he won't use it. He'll sit right next to it. And it's like, dog, would, would you, just like two feet, if you would lay there, I would feel so much better about this purchase, right? And it came back to this idea. I was thinking about this, like, what's the point of having something if you don't use it, right? And it comes back to this idea, you know, I'm thinking about how great this is that Jesus came and, and he wanted us to have access to him, but it comes back to that. What's the point of having access to him if we don't go to him? If we don't take the time to seek him, like it, it, it's amazing to have Jesus, but we got to learn to take advantage of it. You know, I used to think that when I would miss my time with God, if, if I didn't do my devotionals, I would just feel guilty and I would feel bad. And I don't, I don't think that that's what Jesus wants you to feel like. I don't, I don't really think that it's about guilt. I don't think that it's sinful to not read your Bible. But what you have to realize is when I choose not to read the Bible, when I choose not to pray, what am I missing out on? When I'm choosing not to go to Jesus, it's not, it's not that I'm becoming more sinful, but I'm, I'm disconnected from the Savior of the universe. And that's never going to be better than being with him. You know, it's like this, this idea. I, there's a restaurant down here called Perry's and they have amazing cinnamon rolls. And I could tell you how amazing they are over and over and over again. And I've said it before and I'll keep saying it because they blow my mind, right? But what good does that do you if you don't go try one? And I think that that's the same of the Bible. Like if, if God wanted the, the pastor to be the only person that talked to God, then Jesus probably would have been born in a temple. But no, he was born in a manger because he wanted all people to have access. He doesn't want you to entrust your salvation to pastors like me or Steve. That's bad. He wants you to have access to God. He, <laughs> he wants you to have your own relationship with him. Not to, not to rely on us, not to rely on other humans so that you could have access to him. I don't know what it is. You know, sometimes I think about the shepherds and 
what excuses or, or what barriers or what problems they could have had that said, you know what, we, we can't follow this star. We, we can't go see Jesus tonight. Who's going to watch these sheep? Like, I, we, we all have those things, but, but what are those for you? What are some of those things that are keeping you from seeking Jesus? What are some of the barriers that are keeping you from giving him some of your time? I think for me, COVID-19 has been the most convenient excuse ever. Uh, I, I, I just feel like we blame everything on that. Uh, and, and maybe rightfully so sometimes. But I think for me, it's just that it has thrown me out of my normal routine. It's also busyness. Sometimes it's, it's bad habits. Sometimes it's I sit down in front of the TV and then I don't get up again. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that just happens to me. But sometimes it's not necessarily about desire or opportunity. I think that if I was really honest, and, and I'm, I'm being honest with you tonight, even as a pastor, I hope you'll appreciate this. Sometimes it's doubt. Sometimes I sit there and, you know what, God, am I really getting anything out of reading the word? Are my prayers even making a difference? Is my serving making, is going to church making a difference in my life? You know, I don't, I don't know about you, but I've, I've never really been that interested in playing the lottery. It's like there's this idea that, like, I understood that if I played the lottery, there's a chance that I could win. But I don't really believe that I'm going to win. Does that make sense to you guys? Like, I, I, it just seems like a waste of money to me, right? But can you imagine if I believed with all of my heart that I could win the lottery, I'd be playing every day. And, and sometimes I wonder if that's part of what we go through. It's, it's maybe, I don't know if it's a lack of faith or it is this, it's this doubt this doubt that comes in our lives and say, you know, these, these religious practices, this, this chasing after Jesus, this having access to him, is this actually making me a better person? Is this making a difference in my life? John three sixteen says, For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. For whosoever believed in him shall not die, but experience everlasting life. There's a really, really important piece to this. But you understand that salvation is the free gift of God. But the important piece of this is what? For those who believe, salvation is free, but you've got to believe enough to follow the star, right? You've got to believe enough to go seek Jesus on your own, not to leave it up to somebody else. And, and I'm, I don't know that I'm, I'm necessarily asking or, or trying to answer whether or not the Bible or, or prayer or these biblical practices, whether or not they, they matter. But to me, it's almost like choosing to do them in the face of doubt, trusting that everything you need is at the end of the star. Faith is not the absence of doubt. Rather, faith is the perseverance in the face of doubt. I want to read that to you one more time because I think that is so important for us in this season is that faith is not the absence of doubt, but it's persevering through your doubt and saying, even though there's doubts here, I choose to believe. I choose to trust God because I've seen it evident in his love and him sending his only child to die for me. Tonight, I'm going to ask Rachel if she would come back up and, and she's going to sing for us tonight, and we're going to do this candle lighting thing, and, and Pastor Steve's going to come in a few, and we're going to 
pass the candles down. And we just ask that as we stand and sing in a moment, if you would have your candle ready and if you would be uh, so kind to help us and pass your flame on uh, to the person next to you. But I just want to say that if 2020 has taught us anything, it's that we're really not prepared for what's ahead. And I, I hope that tonight you'll be reminded and maybe even pushed a little bit uh, to maybe think about how we can approach the coming year a little differently. And like these shepherds, maybe make pursuing Jesus that much more important in our lives. Pursuing these practices, these holy practices, and saying, God, I believe these make a difference. I'm going to keep doing them. I'm going to keep pursuing you because I know and I realize that you make all the difference in the world. Placing our faith in he who holds tomorrow. Jesus came and he made himself available to all people. The question is, will you go? Just like the, the shepherds had to answer that same question. Will you go seek him? Or will you continue to just let life push you and pull you in the ways it wants you to? Or will you take the intentional time to seek him? The manger, this scene, is the place where God became man. The place where he made himself available. The scene where his light first entered our darkness. Where his hope became a reality. And as Steve comes and as we sing and as we light, I just hope that as you hold that candle and you see that flame, that's what you'll remember, that this is my hope. Regardless of what I face, Jesus Christ is available to me. I have access to him. And he is there and he loves me. God, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for sending your son. Thank you for the reminder of your love. And thank you for sending us hope. Hope that no matter what this world does to us, even if it takes our life, you've made a way where there was no way. You sent your son so that death wouldn't have the final say. And so, Lord, we just hope that during this Christmas season, we would be reminded of that, be reminded of our connection to hope. And when life gets hard, we would be so reminded that we have access to you anywhere, always. All we got to do is get on our knees and pray. So, Father God, thank you for coming to this world. Thank you for everything. We love you. We praise you. In your holy name, amen.